Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Yoga, yoga scoop. scoop. That's what this is called. Nice. Yeah, I had to look it up, but I remember now <laughs> that that's what this is called. Yeah, are people still doing podcasts? I think they are. I think oh. a lot of people are doing podcasts. All right, let's hop on that. Let's get back on. Yeah, we decided to, to um, resurrect this podcast. It's been a long time, I think, that we've been thinking about resurrecting this. But, but we're back in our dining room. We've got our notes ready. We're ready to chit-chat. So let's do it. Let's scoop. Scoop. <laughs> so tonight, um, today, tonight, whatever this is for you, we thought we would talk about um, kind of about where we see our yoga heading, where it has come from and where it's going now, and kind of give some definitions. Where, I mean, I have to be honest, my head is already in Bali, basically. Um, <laughs> we're, going, we're going to study... Um, some more with Matthew, and we'll get to that in a minute. But that has just prompted us to sort of reflect on and want to recap um, a lot of things. So, first of all, um, we have encountered a few area teachers recently who just bounced some things back to us and made us think about, um, like some people have just commented that they have like maybe people new to the area or new to yoga, just notice that there is a lot of Ashtanga practice in in the area, in the Quad Cities and beyond, and have asked basically if that is a product of our influence. And of course, I don't know for sure, but um, but I do think that it's possible because we've been we've been studying and practicing and teaching Ashtanga for a long time. Uh, we first went to Mysore in two thousand and eight. Um, after studying with a bunch of teachers, including Richard Freeman and Kino. And then uh, we found our current teacher, Matthew, in 2009. And we found him because he has a book called Ashtanga Yoga As It Is, which is one of the best resources, and certainly was at the time, for learning the Ashtanga system, learning the postures and learning the philosophy behind it. So it um, it's just something that's just like in our in our blood, in our practice, in in any way that we think about yoga is somehow in a reflection of that. And we've been teaching that system since 2010. How long ago, when did we first go to see Matthew? 2009. 2009. In Minneapolis. Yeah. Yes. Was it a weekend or a week long? I think it was a week long. I think it was a week long. And to be honest, I was attracted to go see him because he could do all the cool stuff. He was doing the Instagram stuff before there was Instagram. <laughs> uh, you know, all the fancy poses, all the floating, all the handstands, all that kind of stuff. And I and there just wasn't weren't a lot of places to get that at the time. And so we went up there to study with him and he showed us systems to learn progressions to learn all of those things. And um, and it has just paid off dividends. And then from then we continued to practice with him, uh, I think this the summer will be like our fifth month-long course with him, I believe. This is another one of those, um, Evan found Matthew's book. Evan told me how awesome it was. I was like, meh, sure, I'll go to this workshop. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> not going to say I told you so, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, that's another. Him. That's another possible. Him. That was a, a working title of the podcast for a while, but. <laughs> <laughs> Told <laughs> but, so. But, 
but we changed that up. So anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that we, we have studied and we just absolutely love Ashtanga Yoga. It's, um, it's everything about what we, what we teach and what we do, and we, I kind of feel like um, I will always consider myself to be practicing that style of yoga, which is strange to say. Uh, and, um, but things evolve. Um, so what would you say, where are we at now, Kelly? Um, right now, I think we do something called vinyasa krama, which unfortunately is another set of words that nobody understands. <laughs> Remember, we were warned, don't name your studio a word that nobody understands. But yeah, yeah. We don't listen to stuff like that. I mean, we just keep going on with things that people don't understand. Um, but uh, I feel like vinyasa krama, it, so vinyasa krama includes ashtanga. Um, it includes all of the best parts of Ashtanga, including including um, the sequencing. So we still teach primary series. We still teach second series, um, the occasional third series. Uh, but we also have a set of alternate sequences that we draw from um, quite frequently. Um, and it includes the self-practice element, which really is one of, if not the most brilliant thing about Ashtanga Yoga, uh, the idea that you take a practice and you really learn to do it for yourself and you learn to do it inside and out and you learn to do every breath of it. Um, and that's uh, because we are still doing sequences that, that holds true and we have these other sequences that you still practice in the same way. So. The self-practice element um, is huge and probably the most uh, unique and um, and the best learning tool that we, we have found to this point. Um, it also includes, so Ashtanga does have pranayama practice um, and it does encourage meditation, but a lot of times those, um, I feel, are, are set aside for uh, more advanced practitioners and um, the typical way that you're, you're supposed to do it in Ashtanga is once you've learned all of third series then you are um, there's an uh, uh, Ashtanga Pranayama sequence which is of course super intense and rigorous like the rest of the practice right um, but I think we both could agree from the side work that we do me body work you um, therapy and counseling that there is a lot to be gained from very basic breath work um, and very basic mindfulness um, and body-based mindfulness activities um, would you say agree yeah agree and so what uh, one thing that vinyasa krama does is it simplifies some of those ideas some of those pranayama practices the bandha practices and it enters them into the equation much earlier. So um, not only at our studio will you have a uh, sequence or a number of sequences that you do, we also eventually, but much earlier than Ashtanga, encourage a pranayama practice or perhaps a bandha practice or um, some other specialized bit of uh, homework. Basically, there are, there are a number of effective ways that you can learn to play your nervous system like a musical instrument, and a lot of that has been developed through yoga, and so with, uh, with Vinyasa Krama, Matthew has <clears throat> wanted to um, 
introduce those elements as early as possible. Which I think has great value to um, the population. And um, I also tend, I feel like vinyasa krama is broader and um, more accessible for people. Um, I don't, I, I do also think, I teach um, beginning primary series, um, whether people realize it or not, to a lot of people, very early practitioners. Um, but I think there's just something about having some other choices about where people can come into self-practice that make Vinyasa Krama very useful and, um, like I said, more accessible. So um, in that way, like, it, it, I think it can come off as it either has to be one or the other. It, it either has to be very broad, like Vinyasa Krama, but not have as much depth like Ashtanga. But I... In my experience, that's not true. It is both broad and very deep. Um, and that sort of leads us back to why we are always going to teacher trainings and why we are always doing more trainings. Um, so do you have any anything, any thoughts about that? Like, why do we keep going to teacher trainings all the time? Should well, we be done? It doesn't hurt that they're in Bali. <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's true. I do um, enjoy the sun. But, but even more than that, it's just one of those situations uh, a lot of times in teacher training we'll I'll talk about in around like a third or halfway through about this perception that people have where they they start to be able to perceive how much there is that they don't know and that then potentially creates an existential crisis for them briefly but I think that's what it is it's like the more that you know the more that you find out that you could know and so um, yeah. we feel like there's um, there's just more to learn there, number one. Number two, um, this is a living, breathing system that is being developed both uh, evolved all the time by Matthew, but also by all of the teachers in our community that are working with the system. And three, um, because it is basically like any student that we have in guided self-practice is, is basically like a private lesson. And so we are the skill required to individualize the practice to each person is kind of um, endless. And so we feel like we're just always learning more and always getting better. Right. I do feel like this system, too, because it's broader and um, there's it's, it's assumed that we, as the teachers, are going to do quite a bit of uh, individualizing the practice for people. Um, and I have found that just having more sequences and it being more accessible has really pushed me to um, learn more about scaling and um, to genuinely continue to work to make it more and more accessible, more and more useful for people. And how do I look at anyone who might walk into the room and get them in the direction that the sequence asks them to go? So, funny story. <laughs> so, so um, to sort of sum this up in a uh, something you could put on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should. We I have so many T-shirt ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we need a podcast just about my T-shirt ideas. We just shout them all out. Yeah. Well, I can't keep up with this one though. But anyway, uh, what's the thing that that um, one of our students says about practicing 
with us. Oh, well, it's very, it's very flattering, so I'm a little bit embarrassed to repeat it out loud. But he said, um, you can do yoga anywhere. You can go to any of these places and do yoga. But if you want to learn yoga, then you'll come to Tapas. And that, I think, pretty much that says a lot, I think. Um, so people who come to Tapas can expect to be taught a sequence. Um, and usually you will be taught a sequence by Evan or I. Um, and we, you will be taught the sequence that um, we think is most useful for you. Um, and we also do that uh, in collaboration with the students. So we do a lot of asking questions about goals and previous practice and you know, what kinds of issues or things are people looking for. Um, and we teach you to do a sequence. That's, that's sort of the very first thing that we have to do. We have to be, the sequence is like the language that we communicate about. Um, and then students can also expect to learn, once the sequence is learned, they'll start to learn the how and the why of poses. Um, and this, this does take more thinking. It's more thinking about why is this posture useful for me? How is this posture going to help me? And why would I want to continue doing it? Not in the day-to-day -day practice. Once you get going, the day-to-day -day practice is very fluid. Um, and, and for me, it's much less thinking than going to a leg class. I don't know what your experience um, of that is. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, internally directed, internal locus of control. Which is awesome. Um, and people also, because we're always thinking about like, how do we both move people along in a sequence, but how do we also target either their goals or their needs? So you often learn a lot about the process or the steps to acquiring a skill or a posture or a particular range of motion. Um, and that I think in teaching a leg class myself, I find that teaching process uh, it takes a long time and it's so individualized that it's incredibly difficult to do um, in a leg class. And the last thing is that you can expect that over time your sequence or probably sequences will include breath work instruction, um, asana instruction, and then very individualized um, activities. So that might be like bandhas or meditation or even just a unique hip or shoulder sequence that we we design for you for your particular need um, and I think all of that is what really makes our program unique yeah it's um, and it's uh, teaching you the teaching students the structure and process of learning how to learn more, yeah, basically, and learning how to just get the most out of what they have. Like it's like we show people all of these tools that they have access that they have um, available to them, and how to use the tools that they have with the challenges that they they have, and how to make the best out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, where can people find us? So, people can come to our studio anytime. <laughs> we have um, we have guided self-practice class uh, five days a week. 
Um, it's uh, a evening class, but if you look at it on the schedule, it's a little bit tricky because it's a floating start time. So people can come any time between like, you know, the first hour or so that we open. Um, that's Monday through Thursday. And then Thursday mornings, we have a 9.30 to 11 a.m. self-practice. And Saturday mornings, there's a 8 a.m. to 9.30 self-practice class. But if you have any questions or concerns, the best thing to do is just to reach out to us um, here in the comments, on the podcast, or through social media. You can always find us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or just to email us or check out our website, info or tapasyogashala.com, T-A-P-A-S-Y-O-G-A-S-H-A-L-A, or email us. Um, and if you're wondering, like, is this right for me or am I good enough? Or if you just feel like you need somebody to talk you through and support you a little bit, um, you know, I can pretty much answer, is this right for me? <laughs> if you're sitting there thinking that, like, Yes. <laughs> Am I good enough? Absolutely. Um, so if you find yourself wondering that, then you should reach out. Yep, we'll be there. Uh, school is in session. Yeah, people always say like, oh, I won't be back for six months or I'll be gone on vacation for two weeks. And I always say, well, we'll be here doing the same thing. So you come back anytime or start anytime. Unless we're in Bali. Unless we're in Bali. Yeah. Um, let's see, we have some other good things going on. We'll be, um, we'll be, well, we, when this comes out, we will have taught in Cedar Falls, meet some people up there. We're going to be in Iowa City at the end of April. Mm-hmm. We'll be in Iowa City. And, um, we try to keep, uh, one or two traveling workshops, like, per quarter on the schedule. You can find those on the website as well. Um. Plus, we probably will have our Big Strength and Grace Weekend coming up this summer. Mm-hmm coming up in July. So we have lots of things going on and um, we'd love to hear from you whatever questions you have. Tag us, write to us. Give us a holla. Say what's up. All right. Thank you. Have a lovely night. See you next time.